welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer. Thank you. No, we're still in recovery stage. We are. It's like the world's longest Well, you know, over. speaking of that, well, it sounds like you know, but you know Donald Trump won the presidency. What? And um, <laughs> I got to say, and I'd like this to be on the record, but I felt, and I kept my mouth shut for the last oh, six I'm gonna, months I'm going to launch across this table but I thought you. that he made some uh, pretty decent ideas, and the more I heard him, I thought these are really pretty good ideas. Time out. First of all, this reminds me. Folds like a chair. Yesterday, <laughs> okay. Yesterday, I'm at the at my office. Your office. You actually have an office at the yeah. show, and the um, you know they were bringing in the cake that they were going to throw. So anyway, so that, <laughs> just yeah. a day at the office. And they didn't know it was tough because I had to prove which wigs should they wear, and then I got that off. Yeah. No, Jeez. I get a call. Yep. From Washington. Really. They are sending me a form. They wanted a reference on you, the Trump (laughs) campaign. Why do they want a reference on you? Are you you? kidding me? Are you, through all of this, you know, tales, tunes, and tomfoolery, liberals always win. (laughs) Now, Folding like a lawn chair. (laughs) Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you applied for a job with Trump? Yeah. Gene? You know, I'm going to tell you something. I bet you are. It makes me think Screened of my Aunt Sarah. And my Aunt Sarah has been really hard on my Uncle Tom. Really hard on him. Yeah. And her latest thing is, you got to lose weight. you got to lose weight. You're overweight. And she says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, every morning, I'm going to put you on a scale. You're going to stand on a scale, and I'm going to watch as you do it. And the first morning that he did it, Tom got on the scale... And God love him, he sucked in his gut. And she said, you think that's going to help? And he says, yes, yeah, the only way I can see the numbers. <laughs> and the call no. I got from Washington made you think of that. No, but I'm like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I got to take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, no, that's just, here's something that's crazy. Just stupid. Here's what? something yes. crazy. Speaking of Mr. Trump. Yes. Guess what well, I have like I have in my office at the podcast office, I have a, an answering room. machine, an old school <laughs> yeah. answering machine. Yes. And I pull the messages off daily. Yeah. yeah I know you oh my God, Becky, I get a call left there, a message left there early in the morning. That's an old time machine, so it doesn't timestamp it. But it was you could, early in the morning from Megan Melania. Trump. Shut up. Yes. You did Apparently, wow. you met her somewhere along the way. Maybe when you were with Trump and doing some of the work you've done. One Do you recall meeting pageant. her? Oh. Do you recall yeah. meeting her? Yeah. So she it ends up. It was, it was totally appropriate. Okay, I understand. <laughs> As are most things where you're concerned, Jerry. Yeah. As are most things. She apparently loves your show. I what? listened to, the, to the, your TV show. I listened to the first part of the message, 
And then I realized that maybe this was inappropriate, and I stopped listening, but that David got a hold of it. David Pruce of Ambient Studios, our technical producer, <laughs> he wants to play it. Would you mind playing it? And we're all going to hear it for Melania the first Trump, time. the call? The call is from Melania Trump. Let's hear it. This is insane. Here we go. Hello, Jerry. Please don't tell Donald I am calling. He has been told no more tweets, and they might say I must stop my late-night calls. But I wanted to call anyway to say that I love your television show. When I come to this country, it helped me learn the American language. I love the one where the man marries his horse. It made me think of home. Now I have been and watched your show every day after private school. Well, Donald won, so new dreams begin for us now. I dream of huge parties and world leaders of motorcades and parades with new gowns and, of course, of the Obamas packing up their bags and leaving the house. I also dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, and the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh shall see together. Stop it for a second. This is our hope. Hold on. Jeez. What is that? That sounds familiar. Play a little bit more of it. This sounds familiar. As we take on the big white house forever. And someday soon, I hope, too, I could also possibly come to see your show. Thank you, Jerry. I love you. We'll talk soon. That's Melania Trump. <laughs> but that, that sounded like, what did that sound Martin like? Luther. That sounded like, yeah, I have a dream speech. <laughs> she was, she was she plagiarized. Right? She just stole Martin Luther King's speech. Can she not talk? That's unbelievable. That's really funny. Oh, but she, that's how she watches our show. I, I can God only hope. Her. That those calls keep coming because I'll bring them in. Oh yeah, I'll give them to David Proust. You can do. Can't you it's just such a do sad, what you just like, did? Image, yeah. though, like you can pull them over somehow. Her, but when she was saying, you know, so nice to meet you. Or, you know, I, I love your body of work. And yeah, all, all right. right. <laughs> yeah, right. I thought she's just being. You know, polite how people say, yeah. oh, I love, you know, you love your work. You, know, you didn't have... She, but she's a real fan of the show. A fan of the TV show, and that's to our advantage. If she continues to drop these messages, I think Jesus we should Christ. continue to play them. But I do please beg you, and the reference you do for me, don't mention that we're doing that, please. And the reference for the, 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 the transition team. <laughs> for the tra I call it to transition. What kind of job are you up for? Yeah, right. I mean, really, this is our country. What... Possibly what are you qualified for? Or what could you possibly do? <laughs> May I ask you a question? It's <laughs> an excellent when we sat ask you a question. When we sat down here tonight, you said, oh, I have a good story. It's a new story. And what do I always say as a producer? Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Don't, don't like, tell yeah. us now. Just yeah. wait. So now, what is this story Holy you wanted cow, to tell? Holy cow, that was genius. That was well done. Thank you, because you couldn't tell us what your yeah. skill is. Yeah. No, this happened this weekend. Uh, this know, isn't a joke, is it? It's not going to be the hearing aid joke, is it? No. We beg you. We beg you not the hearing aid joke. No, there's not. No, this isn't, uh, this isn't a joke. Okay. There's the gentleman. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> the older you fellow You can come in. There? Grab a seat. Oh yes, sir. All right, he sat down, yeah. Yeah, because outside he was telling me, you know, about his new hearing I aid. I hate you so much. <laughs> like, I just, I, I won't even said, look at you. <laughs> this is the finest hearing aid money can buy. I say, what kind is it? He said, four o'clock. Stop they're still laughing. Stop it. Stop it. Stop, stop it. it. <laughs> Megan's the only way it stops. Megan, wait. When, it, when you hear nothing, 
That's when you hear when, dead silence is when it's stop. over. Then it's over. And then it's but over. It's more Actually, that's not true. That happened a couple weeks ago, and he's still telling it. He did no, have complete silence a couple weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. and yet here here's we are. Here's the story that isn't a joke, and yeah. it's true. Uh, we live in Sarasota, and uh, our good friend Lewis, yes, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and his wife Patty mm-hmm. and the kids came over and grandkids. Yes, and they flew over on their helicopter. Uh, really, they flew over. They said, "Let's yeah. have lunch." Yeah. So they flew into Sarasota. <laughs> I pick them up at the airport, and. We're heading to lunch, and we're going in downtown Sarasota. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, there's this huge crowd coming towards us on the road. There's a demonstration, and just as the as the parade is turning, uh, the police stop me to let the you know the the marchers go by. And of course, it's protesting uh, Obama. Obama, no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good Dear thing, Lord. Good thing Peach isn't here. Forgive me for I have sinned. <laughs> yeah. No, see, I can't think of anyone else's president. I, yeah. I understand. So they're, they're protesting Trump, and it was a huge rally. And I pull up, and the police stop me right there, and then they look, and I figure, oh, this is great. You know, these are the anti-Trump people, and this is, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was beautiful. I mean, it really was a rainbow of cultures, races, young people. It was great to see in Sarasota, which is the most Republican place you could go live in or go to. And all of a sudden, they spot me in the car. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> years ago, we were in New York. There was a demonstration protesting the war in Iraq. I do remember. And uh, we were walking on the street, and they spot me, and they yep. start chanting, Jerry's against the war. Yeah. Jerry's yeah. against the war. And we joined that protest we and did. walked for blocks. So they, suddenly, so they all come, and they start surrounding the car with their signs, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> so Mickey's next to me. Lewis and the kids are in the back. Yeah. You know? And so I opened the door. Here's the problem. It's a Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly good optics. No, not good say. optics. Yeah. And the press, the media was there. Oh, dear. So they all come with their cameras, and they hand me the bullhorn. Oh, no. No I'm kidding. I'm serious. This now, is this great, This is Jerry. not a joke. This is a good story. Oh, yeah. And, I, and so I get out, you know, and then I just give a, a short talk about, you know, keep doing what you're doing, and God we still it. have influence to make sure... You know, the president has the power, but we have the power in terms of how we get along with each other, the different yeah. races, religions. We are not going to be the kind of country he described. Right. Yeah, you know, good point, Jerry. That's yeah. exactly right. And that was right. the point. I said, that's in our power. So we yeah. got to reach out, you know, uh, visit other communities. You know, maybe next Sunday go to, uh, go to another church. Uh, you know, let's start integrating our own lives because so many of us, you know, live in our cocoons. Even those of us who are liberal, you know, but we don't really reach out and try to. And so basically, that's what I was saying. But it was just so weird. And then I, got, of course, got back in my Bentley. And, uh, <laughs> Real man of the people. And they parted. Oh, it was like the parting of the sea. <laughs> and they let me go through. And it's Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's limousine liberal. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Limousine liberal. A Bentley liberal. Oh. Lewis was the first person I ever heard say that. That's a good one. Limousine liberal. Yeah, like that, that. It is hilarious. <laughs> hey, oh. um. Megan, have you ever written a book? Have I ever written a book? No. Yes. Okay. I have written Nor a have short I. story. All right. And I've written some articles okay. and had them published, but I've never written a book. No. People who write books, just the saying of a book, 
I mean, it's like a whole a lot thing, of pages. a lot of pages. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Our, uh, well, let's be respectful here. Our boss, Jerry Springer. <laughs> he can't handle <even>, that. <laughs> he can't, can't handle that. <laughs> can't handle that. Don't but, say that. But our boss, <laughs> our boss, Jerry, read him a book. Mm. My, read my, him a book. Read him a book. Uh, my mother always used to say, don't ever try to rise above your raisin. But Jerry hasn't worried about that, you know? <laughs> So I've always been very careful not to rise above yeah, my raise. You've done very well in following your advice. But you have never you, no. But you read a book, and I want. I'm going to get you it. Did. I've ordered it. I Amazon.com, and I purchased Ringmaster. it. It's yeah. The Ringmaster. The Ring. It's differentiated it from says? Ringmaster, which is the movie. Yeah. This is called The Ringmaster. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know the know that. movie was based on a book. I had no idea. No, they just they couldn't think of two separate titles. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the movie was separate, which we had nothing to do with. So uh, when I get it, I'm actually going to read it, and I'm looking forward to it. But I'm impressed with that, that my friend wrote It's got pictures in it, too. That's all right. Um, (laughs) Let me just ask you one question, because we want to talk about something a little more seriously, the popular vote in the race between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, my future boss. But I wanted to ask you this. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you this. How do you write? A book. Yeah. How'd you do this? Yeah, like, damn. For real, though. How'd you do that? Actually, I now, I mean, because it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it, you, I mean, it, for like six or eight weeks, mm-hmm. you just, every, it's like having homework every night. I mean, you really do. But the part of the book that I wrote was autobiographical. Yep. It was my, my life so far. And then Laura Morton, who co-wrote it, she took the part of the book that was about our show, and then she, the television show, and then she went to interview the people that run the show, and it's all about the show with pictures, et cetera. Do you know but, Laura? Did, did you know Laura before this? Do you know her? No, she was did recommended. Did you work with her much? No, uh, she was recommended to me by the publisher. The publishers came and said, you know, because that's when the show really started to take off, and they said it'd be a good idea if you wrote a book mm-hmm. about your show, et cetera. Well, I didn't want to write a book about the show. The show's so stupid. I didn't know what to, you know. <laughs> but I thought, you know, I could write a little autobiography just, you know, in some effort to separate myself from, from the show. So, is it about half the book autobiographical? I think yeah, it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, about half is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And there's so, some nice, I mean, there are some cool kind of stories. That, yeah. yeah, looking forward to reading it. It's, oh, it's uh, unbelievable. And I know a lot of times celebrities, yeah. Megan, will write books, and then because they're so fat rich anyway, they then donate the profits to charity. And I was always wondering why Jerry didn't donate that, that money to you and me. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not a chance. Yeah. Uh, I was curious. <laughs> I, uh, I, but I remember looking in the phone book in every city I went to for a guy named Pulitzer. Just, oh, just so I God. could get him to write a little blurb uh-huh. or her to write a blurb on the back. That's good. Say, I hate you. Hey, we've got Ben Knight coming up, who's going to do some music for us. We're looking forward to that. But I wanted to ask you something, Jerry. Uh, Yes, Donald Trump won the presidency, and that is the way it is. Uh, He won largely because he won three blue states, formerly blue states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. But it's been interesting in this last week, and you and I have been talking all week about this over the phone. Hillary Clinton might be crushing him in the popular vote. Do you have uh, some comments on that? It's important for several reasons. But the most important reason, I believe, is we cannot let this election be interpreted as America making a statement. 
because the American people did not make a statement they want Donald Trump. In fact, a majority of the people specifically did not want him to be president, and in the popular vote, when it's all counted, it looks like she'll beat him by over two million votes. That is the largest victory over someone who actually got the presidency. In other words, there have been four times in our history, 1876, when uh, Hayes got the presidency, even though Tilden got more votes. In uh, 1888, when Grover Cleveland was beaten by Benjamin Harrison, even though Cleveland got the most votes. And uh, then we all know 2000, when Gore got the most votes, but Bush was elected president, and this time. But in each of those other instances, the margin, even though someone else got the most votes, was kind of small. In this race, it's not a small margin. It's really very big. There have been a lot of presidential elections that have had a margin less than 2 million votes. Nixon beating uh, Hubert Humphrey in 68. Uh, obviously, Kennedy beating Nixon in, in 1960. So it is not an insignificant v victory by someone who every, you know, the conventional wisdom, oh, she's not popular, there were people who hated her, all these Trump people came out. Hey, Trump got less votes than Romney. Can I say that again? He got half a million less votes than Romney. So let's not go around and say there was this huge surge, you know, of, of Trumpians. He got a lot of votes, but certainly less than Romney and two million less than Hillary, who admittedly wasn't the most charismatic of candidates. So that's the first thing. This is not a statement about America. And typical of the pundits, they go off on an extreme in one way, and I forgive them for, get, for pundits for getting it wrong, because what can a pundit do other than look at all the polls? So if every poll says that Hillary was winning, that's what they followed. And so everybody got it wrong. But what they got it wrong, the polls were pretty accurate, actually, on the uh, national vote, nationwide vote. The polls said 3%. She's going to wind up having won by 2%. Okay? So all this talk about how the polls blew it, where the polls blew it are in individual states because there were specific issues in Wisconsin, parts of Ohio. In other words, you could almost point to the actual issue, the actual loss of plant jobs or whatever, or coal mining jobs. You can actually look at that. But if you take away those specific issues in those few states that changed the electoral map, everywhere else, the polls were accurate, and the American people, in a significant way, with a non-charismatic candidate, beat Trump by 2 million votes. So that's the first thing. I haven't heard that when I'm listening and getting depressed, listening to all you know, the pundits talk about this last election. So I don't think our reaction all of a sudden should, because that's, we inevitably do that, the pendulum. Something happens this way, we go the extreme the other way. Okay, so that's the first thing. Now, many people who listen to our podcast do so in Great Britain. Uh, one, because you can get a podcast anywhere in the world, but also our podcast is run as a radio program on Saturday nights in London on talk radio. And people in other parts of the world, in fact, forget that. 
people here in America, if you ask them, and people who work on my show, the people who work on my show are smart college kids. I mean, you know, they're they're right, but they don't know what the electoral college is. If you went around and asked Americans, explain the electoral college, they'd mumble a few lines. But why do we have the electoral college? How come we vote for people for president and the one who doesn't get the most votes isn't president? Here's the reason, which we don't like to admit. The Electoral College was put into our Constitution. Our founding fathers were afraid of democracy. They viewed the masses as a mob. And they had come from a Europe and from a monarchy, England, where culturally there were always a few people who should be at the top. They were better educated. They had more wealth. And they always thought they could make a wise decision, benevolent, but a wise decision about how society should be run. So they purposely created the Electoral College so that the, quote, mob couldn't suddenly put someone into power who would be against the interests, really, of the people who don't really know better. Now, am I just saying that? No, think about it. They didn't want everybody voting. In fact, into the Constitution, if you were black, you couldn't vote. If you were a woman, you weren't allowed to vote. If you didn't own land, you couldn't vote. There were all kinds of restrictions not to let the people vote. If you ran for the United States Senate, do you understand that in the beginning, people didn't get to vote for the Senate? Senators, two senators from every state, were chosen by the state legislature. They decided who the two senators would be from every state. That was taken away from the people. So that is why we have that electoral college. The electoral college is, for those who don't know this, is each state is given a certain number of electoral votes. It is equal to the number of congresspersons you have, and each congressional district has about 625,000 people. That's how the country is divided up. So for every congressperson you have in your state, you add them up, and then you uh, add two senators. That is how many electoral votes each state has. So on election day in the presidential election, you have 50 separate elections. Each state has its own election. Whoever wins in that state in the popular vote, with one or two minor, minor exceptions, gets all those states' electoral votes. So obviously, the bigger the state, the more electoral votes you get because you get all the Congress people. So like California gets 55 electoral votes because it has 53 Congress people plus the two senators. That is how it is done. But that system, you could win one set state by five votes and then, like Hillary, wins California by seven, eight, nine million. So she obviously has more votes. But if a bunch of the smallest states, even if Trump only won by a few, he gets more electoral votes because you bunch all those states together. We have to do away with the Electoral College because it is the only office in America where the people's vote isn't determinative. 
if, if that is so important to have the Electoral College, then why don't we have it for governor? Why don't we have it for senator? How come when you run for mayor, the person that gets the most votes or whatever? It makes no sense. And now part of our culture, part of our belief system is one person, one vote. And we now twice in the last five elections, twice in the last five, that's 40% of the elections in a lot of young people's lifetime, 40% of the elections, the person that got the most vote did not become president. That is unacceptable. Most people want to do away with the Electoral College. Here's the bad news, and then I'll quit. The bad news is it's in the Constitution. It requires a constitutional amendment to eliminate it. In order to get a constitutional amendment, you need three-quarters of the state legislatures to vote for it. Well, no small state is going to vote for it. Because otherwise, if it's just the people, the big states on the coasts, plus Florida and Texas, will determine every election. So if you're living in Montana, Utah, North Dakota, South Dakota, you suddenly don't have much power because you don't have that many people living there. So they like the Electoral College because they get listened to. There's also one other regressive thing about this. Each state gets two senators, two votes, which means that if you live in New York or California or Florida or Texas, your vote doesn't count so much. If you live in Montana, those few people that live in Montana, they get two United States senators. If you live in California with 10% of the population, you only get two. To your vote doesn't mean very much. That has to be fixed. Sadly, I have no clue how you fix it because I can't imagine you're going to get at least one quarter of the state legislatures to vote against the constitutional amendment because they like it just the way it is. It gives them more power than states like New York, California, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, the big states. That's the problem we face, but it's an embarrassment to the rest of the world. We talk about democracy, and we have a system where the person that gets the most votes doesn't win. Hey, uh, that's a, this is a really important issue. The small thing we can do, and I'll make sure this happens, is we'll put a box on our website. You know, we'll frame, highlight a, a place, put it right next to, would you like to date Megan? Because that's up there. Um, and, and she's deep into a relationship that I think is going to turn into a wedding. So with that, it'll come down anyway. Hey, nice going. But look, we, there are petitions going around. I'll find the one that's the best one, the biggest, baddest one, and link over to it. We ought to start so pushing for this. It, yeah. Because look, and you're, I think you're going to agree with this, Megan and Jerry. When this all happened in our Constitution many, many years ago, we were a different country with a different way of life. Today, with media, my God, I give Donald Trump credit to the end of the day for his brilliant use of Twitter. Brilliant use of Twitter to win a presidential national election. But the same is true with all of this digital communication. Who the hell cares where anybody lives? If you live in Montana, you get a vote. If you live in low population uh, Alaska, you get a vote. 
the, the form of campaigning and communication today is totally different than the way it used to be. You'd come in on a train car and people would gather around. It doesn't matter where you live anymore. The arguments for the electoral college, in my opinion, are over. And the way you win the constitutional amendment, and it's the only way it'll happen, is if there is enough pressure put on by enough people with huge numbers signing this and demonstrations in protests, we still may not win it, but we got to really go after this because it's just flat wrong. Last point, Donald Trump himself, he admitted Which, uh, yeah. it the other day, he was argued as strongly it. as I am more so of doing away with the Electoral College. Don't, isn't it true that if, if Hillary had won, it reversed their exact position. Uh, Let's say been. Trump had won by two million votes <laughs> and Hillary won the Electoral College. You know it's rigged. It's, it's rigged. rigged. It's Absolutely 100 percent true. And I think he knows it. But this is politics. So people never admit uh, their failings yeah. or their uh, losses. Anyway, good point. Let's work on this. We really should work on this. can be a long-term thing we can do and just keep yeah. pecking away at it. Um, now, hey, let's bring in Ben Knight. This is exciting because Ben Knight is uh, from Ludlow. He's been on our show before, and, yeah. and I have told Casey Campbell, who is our music coordinator, we continue to get new people coming through town. More people are asking to be on our podcast. We get submissions from out of town via the website but heck yes go back and grab somebody who's been on and beg them to come back on again ben knight is an example but um, we're going to hear a song from him and then we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that he lives in this community and yes there is something going on in ludlow ben start us off with a song though would you all right thank you Started setting posts when the walls were falling down She knows how to get shit done Make my engine run when the pistons start to scream She takes care of me so that I could dream So that I could sing songs that ain't about much or nothing at all sometimes Honey, I see you in there Hiding Having trouble deciding Who and what to be Don't be scared Little darling And if you must Well, you could be scared with me South and everything stops. Well, the bottom drops. We'll sit down in the rubble like a couple of babies with blocks. We'll talk it out. Oh, scream and shout. Wanna cast your doubts aside, sonny. You know you can count on me. And after we're dead. 
dulcet friends This time around you can sit back Honey, I'll take you for a spin Cause you know I see you in there Hiding, having trouble deciding Who and what to be, but don't be scared Ben Knight, that's called the Pulsit Friends? Dulcet. Dulcet Friends. So who yeah. are the Dulcet Friends? Tell us Me and my wife. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's just a very soothing, meaningful relationship. Good. Me, so. That's a very cool song. Cool yeah. song. Um, and your latest album is American Highways? Uh, yeah, we put that out about a um, year and a half ago now. Okay. Yeah, uh, the spring of 2015. How, and, how long have you been married? Um... Wow. Uh, two years. Two years in September. Sounds like a good relationship. <laughs> no. No, yeah, they, got it the right. days just fly by. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering why she called the show last week. Hey, by the way, uh, and you can hear Ben's music at Facebook.com, obviously, forward slash Ben Knight, K N I G H T. And uh, Ben, I was saying as you were getting set up, I live in Ludlow, mm -hmm. and Megan lives not far, from, has lived in Ludlow a few years back. Uh, and we always talk about the Folk School Coffee Parlor being the fourth member of our, of our crew, yep. of our on-air on crew. And Ludlow is where the Folk School Coffee Parlor is. And you and I, because we've talked about this before as we hang out at this coffee shop, something's going on here. There, there are wonderful old-timers who have always lived here, mm -hmm. and they're staying here, and we love that. But there are some new people coming in. I call them the creative class. You would be an example. There are some folk singers moving in and some artists and some brewers and distillers. It's really a cool scene, isn't it? Yeah. We came down here a few times, and it's, there seems to be sort of a, you know, um, a renaissance of sorts going yeah. on down here as far as um, it becoming a, an artistic community and, a, and an artisanal community. Um, and... That sounded like something we really wanted to be a part of, yeah. you know, community building. Sense. And there's good housing here, too. I mean, there are some yeah. great bones houses here that you can get. If you come in now, kind of at the early end, yeah. you get deals. And once it's found and happened, then the prices are going to go way up. Yeah, certainly. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, this is a great community, and this coffee shop, this coffee parlor is great. Yeah. But there is a sign outside that says, please don't bring your own food in here. And what did you do? Honestly, they like have great oh, they have great pastries here. Right. They have great kinds of coffees and teas and everything, and you come in bringing your own drink. You don't even read the sign. How are these people going to make right. a living if you keep Come coming? on, y'all. There's the sign. No outside food and drink. <laughs> yeah. that right there. Come and on, y'all. you brought your no own outside. thing in. Well, this is a Nantucket nectar. These are really good. The orange yeah. mango, Megan. Oh you got to try it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't do that again. Yeah, I, 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 my weenie's been whacked. I will not do that again. Yeah. I promise. Hey, uh, Ben, do a second song for us. Yeah, please. Here you go. Confido by Ben Knight. To the doctor on a bike clearly built for two 
wrote me a note for dinner plates of white. A picture of you. Came home, took a walk, tried to make a little sense of it. Well, since I left, it gets hard to tell. It's a side effect or the medicine. Night, latest album, American Highways, and you can hear him at uh, facebook.com forward slash Ben Knight. Ben, would you take us out on Irene Goodnight and uh, Jerry Springer will join you. Where are the words? The one and only. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. He can remember the joke. Isn't that? But sometimes you don't yeah. remember the words of the song. Well, because they... Change. <laughs> yeah, they change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. country and sometimes I live in town sometimes I take a great notion to jump in the river and drown